The future is a hefty responsibility and not one that we take lightly. But then taking things lightly has never been what hefty is about. That's why we've created the Hefty Renew program that turns hard to recycle plastics into valuable resources like park benches and building materials. To participate, simply fill up an orange Hefty Renew bag with accepted items, tie it up, and drop it in with your regular recycling. That's it. It's that easy. It's time to rethink recycling with Renew. Particular valued resources may vary by geography. More info available at heftyrenew.com. Hi, folks. Welcome to another episode of Film Study. This is Ken McCusick here to talk about the defense from that uh, loss to the Steelers. And while this won't be a really pleasant discussion, it's nowhere near the difficult discussion we're going to have talking about the offense tomorrow night. So uh, uh, this should be the more fun of the two. Joining me here to do that is Alec Pulianis of One Winning Pod. Alec, how you doing? Uh, Ken, I'm I'm hanging in there. I agree with you. Uh, I was happy I got defense <laughs> for this one because uh, I look forward to listening to your offensive show, but it's going to be painful. We just finished recording our recap episode ourselves, and I mean, it's, this is a very difficult game on many levels. Uh, hubris and uh, just poor execution, I think, really uh, doomed the Ravens in this one. About as bad a game of execution as you can have. They also had, uh, you know, a a lot of other things go wrong, but just maybe I have to even like go through this a little bit, tell you what the day was like to understand just the kind of weight this carries on a real Baltimore sports fan is a fan of both the Ravens and Orioles. Yeah. So the Orioles went down one to nothing on Saturday night with their first loss to to the uh, Rangers. And then on Sunday afternoon, they're slated to face them again. Grayson Rodriguez is ready to go. I see you're even wearing the right, sh- right T-shirt for that. <laughs> yeah. And, uh, you know, Grayson has been pitching great in the second half. Of course, terrible time situation. It's just, why don't they do something about this is what I keep saying. I don't know what it would be, but neither the NFL, obviously, or uh, Fox is going to really give a crap about a Baltimore fan is inconvenienced by the fact that these games overlap in the way they do. So you have a four Oh seven game, but that doesn't mean I can leave my house at four Oh seven. Does it? Especially no. if I'm not recording information on the game. Right. <laughs> so, so we leave our house at about three o'clock and you know, left the video right where it was supposed to be and, and, and ready to pick up when we get, get home and finish our uh, analysis of the defense with that, which is the first thing we do. Um, and we, we got down there. Actually, traffic was really fast getting down there. There's a lot of information you probably don't need. Um, <laughs> we, we go to the stadium and we're early. And uh, we didn't go to the stadium. Actually, we're on Pratt Street and we're early. We're, we're getting across from our parking spot. And we dick, duck into the Pratt Street Tavern yep, to yep. see what's happening in the game. Anyway, Pratt Street, whatever it is, something mm-hmm. or other. And then we, 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 they've got TVs there. Fortunately, they didn't tell us order beer or get out kind of thing. Um, and, and so we're watching the game and, and uh, uh, the, the block punt had already occurred. We didn't get to see that. We did get to see them close within 10-8 where the Ravens made some plays and, and they stopped the ball. And then I've got the extra annoyance. Believe me, this is a, a problem. And I do love my wife very much, but Maureen keeps telling us we got to go to the ball game. We, we're, we're getting too close to the start of the game. And I go, no, we got plenty of time please let me be the decision maker on this. <laughs> and, and then we have that natural struggle that occurs. And, and, and so, so there can either be pouting or there can be other things going on. But anyway, we, we did end up sitting there 
and watching it all the way up to the point where Jackson was strip sacked with under a minute to go. And of course the Ravens still had another drive after that. Amazingly. Right. Right. But uh, you know, then we, we, we're down to one possible win. So it's been a terrible weekend. Not only have, 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 the, have the Orioles lost a game, the, the Ravens lost a game they really needed that would have been a huge win in the in the, in the the uh, divisional race and, and really in the AFC race as a whole, but definitely in the divisional race. And then they lose a, uh, you know, the Maryland lost to Ohio State in a game they were staying in for, for a good long time. And Notre Dame got yeah. beat too also, which is my wife's alma mater and a, and a, a problem then. Um, as well. So people are unhappy generally. And now we're all dependent on the Orioles coming through for us at 407. And sure enough, got in there plenty of time, by the way, five minutes early to our our seats. (laughs) I just want to point that out for purposes of next time and and who we're going to listen to in terms of when we leave for the game. Um, We we got in there plenty of time. And then we watched Grayson get demolished in the second and third innings of this game. Yeah. And, uh, and that was that. So, uh, very difficult kind of a weekend in sports, but we're going to talk about the defense here, which is actually the best part uh, of probably the entire weekend of Baltimore sports was how the defense yeah. played in this game. Indeed it was. Had a similar kind of fate to you. Uh, fortunate enough to be able to go to game two. So I had to figure out what my strategy was. And my, my plan was get to the city as early as possible. So I got down there early, watched the game at uh, Pickett Brewing, which might have been a death sentence given the the quarterback of this team, but went to the Pickett Brewing. It, it was a quiet spot. It was kind of off the beaten path, and it was it was nice to be able to go there. It wasn't too crazy, and then walk over to the stadium. Kind of missed the third quarter because of it. You know, caught a little bit here and there, uh, and then watched the rest of the fourth quarter from my seat in the stadium. Uh, a lot of people were streaming. <laughs> <laughs> from the, their seats in the stadium. Uh, all the video boards were just static, like uh, ALDS, which was kind of annoying. I was like, don't we all know there's a game that we kind of care about? Like, Yeah, I mean, I felt that way on Saturdays. Why the hell don't they put the Maryland game up there? There's a huge <laughs> amount of crossover fans. You always make a big deal of it whenever Ravens come to the stadium. Show us the damn game. <laughs> yeah. How hard is that? Uh, yeah, it was very disappointing. So then, uh, so, you know, watching the stream, there's all this disappointment. And then we're like, all right, well, it's – let's go get a win. And then we get those two runs early and we're like, okay, maybe this is going to work out. And then just, just heartbreak. It was, it was really difficult. Um, windy kind of where we were sitting too, and kind of cool. And just like, it wasn't fun, kind of sad, but uh, so glad I got to go. And I'm, I'm hopeful, man. I'm hopeful that the next two days give us some wins and we can be back on Friday. So that we'll see. Nice. So just, just officially I'm headed to London this weekend to, to, to catch the Ravens there. But Alec has my, ALDS game five tickets. And I'm hoping that, uh, that he gets to actually see that game. I really want to give him Ken money. Like I really want this all to work out. Now. Yeah. Yes, that'd be perfect. That would be perfect. Okay. Uh, even with no guarantees on the result of that game, you want, That's you right. want to see that game. There you go. That's right. So, you know, one of the big stories coming to this weekend for the Ravens was the injury returns of Beckham, of Stanley, of Williams and of Humphrey Four big names coming back to play for the Ravens in this game. And it's certainly good news. The Ravens tackle situation was exceptionally bad coming into this game. I I would love to be able to tell you that Stanley completely fixed that. He did not. Uh, In fact, he had a very bad game. I I really felt like literally those four players, Humphrey, OBJ, Stanley, and Williams, really in a lot of ways cost the Ravens the game. There were other players. Flowers had some drop. Andrews had some drops. You know, they had touchdowns uh, dropped away. They did some stupid things in terms of snapping the ball on fourth and two that didn't make any sense. 
Um, but the but the biggest single, maybe the worst four players on the field for the Ravens uh, were those four returning players. Um, each, each of them made a, a large contributing play. If you're talking about Beckham, he had a couple of completions. I do not believe Beckham had a drop of any sort in this game, but he sure as heck did not do a good job preventing that interception in the end zone. And that was an enormous play. All he's got to do is wrap around, tackle basically that yeah. defensive back and it's safe, but he had no chance to make that play. There's, you know, you, you, you yeah. got to be on that defensive back at that point, you know, ripping his arms down basically to strip him. Yeah. Um, so that, that was bad. Yeah. It was a backbreaking play. I mean, it, it, I was saying in our show, I really don't like these one dimensional plays in the red zone where it's like, no, there's no read. It's a zero read. You just start going to immediately throw it out to OBJ in that instance. I think Lamar's a great processor. Um, and he makes so much, uh, you know, uh, ability to create with his feet and, and gain extra time in the pocket and figure out who's open in the red zone. And it's just completely stripping his, uh, his secret sauce to give him a zero read, you know, play like that. Um, I don't, I don't like those options for us. It did take a lot of the read ability away from Jackson, all the movement around the pocket by basically having such domination on both edges that he could, I mean, he wasn't free to do anything in this game. He barely had any ample time and space opportunities the whole game. Uh, it was a, it was a really bad game from a, from a lot of perspectives for the offensive line in terms of the pass mm-hmm. blocking. But here, here's what I really don't like and what I really hope that fans will learn about this from a processing st- process standpoint. Sorry. Basically, Lamar made a very similar throw. It was into double coverage last week to Andrews on a fade in the back of the end zone. But again, a very low percentage throw where everything's got to go perfectly right for that ball to be caught. And Andrews made an incredible play on the ball, comes down with it. It does not make it a good throw. It was still a bad throw to take that chance in that situation. We had this situation come up, and I honestly believe it was a pretty bad chance. Now, Beckham did not help him. We're, we've already yeah. got that on record. He did a lousy job of playing defense on that play. But I'm also upset that that ball gets thrown in that situation instead of just throwing into the seats and go ahead and take the field goal. Your defense hasn't allowed a damn thing the whole day. And the yep. only time that they did end up giving away a play <laughs> was when they got out of their their the, the defense that has worked for them the whole season so far, yep. which is playing cover two play over play. Yep, that that hubris killed me. I mean, it was, it was a straight wink play to have that uh, blitz, no, uh, you know, safety help whatsoever. And then you have Humphrey on an island betting on his his talent and skill when he's only been on a rotation all game. You know, you don't even trust him enough to play the whole game. Fifty six percent of the snaps with Darby, and then you leave him with like on that island. I I think that was just like that was that was the hubris bro I was talking about. Like that was uncalled for. I I I don't know what happened. It's like. Uh, McDonald like, you know, <laughs> fainted for a second and they they called wink for one play. Like I just don't know what I don't know how you do that. It it was so out of character. Okay, I I I do basically understand it. We'll get to some of it in the pass rush play. The problem was it was just the worst time for that situation to come up. They were about 3 yards from the mystical NFL red line field goal range <laughs> line. So, okay. you know, whatever yeah, if yeah. you want to believe that, but they needed about 3 more yards and and I think that that Harbaugh and and uh, uh, McDonald had probably discussed it and said, hey, we need to try and get a sack here and get them off the field. Now, in truth, I think it was third down, right, when the, when the play was thrown? Yeah. 
And then, mm-hmm. so a sack would have just made him have a, a difficult fourth down opportunity. Maybe third and four. I, I know going to the line, I was thinking these are the two chances. They got to get him off the field right here. If he kicks the field goal, he kicks the field goal. But then the Ravens at least have a drive to try and, you know, respond here. Right. Yep. 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 Then the pass gets thrown. Go ahead. I'm sorry. You had something to say. No, I, I, I do know what you're talking about. Like, as you mentioned, I'm like, yeah, I remember thinking the same thing. Like, they're at that mythical line that you're talking about. <laughs> you're talking about it too. Like, what is this line exactly? Um, and they're kind of in field goal range, not almost field goal range. And we're like, well, any negative play here, particularly a sack of, of you know, five plus yards, this would really screw with their plans. And, you know, we hadn't seen it yet. You know, I think they stuffed them on the run the first play and they went to this pass well. And, um, you know, kudos to them for identifying option weird thing about this play too is that humphrey was kind of stride for stride with him until he wasn't kind of seemed like he pulled up or something went wrong um i mean obviously pickens had separation but it wasn't like uh you know i thought maybe he could get tackled right away but no then he like tore away right after that catch was made even you're leaving yep (laughs) and uh you know humphrey speed is not his biggest thing now anymore he was he was a good speed corner when he came out of school but he's not anymore He's not mm-hmm. special. He's a physical corner now, and he's a he's a much bigger, more muscular man than he is, and um, still probably fast enough when he says something on the microphone to to get away from most defensive linemen. But if he says it to them, <laughs> anyway, but uh, but he's a he's a uh, uh, he's not a speed corner anymore. And Pickens outraced him there. Uh, Pickens proved to be way too tall for all of our other corners in the game. Stevens, I thought, was right on him the whole game, and Stevens is big. Yeah. Um, but he's but he was not big enough to take the ball away from uh, Pickens. He was just too good at going up and and getting the ball and also toe tapping when he needed to. But that play in particular, it's a tough play for Humphrey. Tough to be on an island. It's it's a good throw by Pickett, and then Pickett made a very very bad play following the catch. Is he didn't go down at, inside the five yard line, which mm-hmm. was in real time. I am screaming at the TV set saying that's the biggest mistake he could possibly have made on that play. Now the Ravens get another chance. You'll right. probably remember in 21 against the Bears, yeah. was it? The Bears, we actually yeah. talked about it on our show, yeah. yeah. <laughs> so uh, Mooney, I think it was, or one of the receivers, uh, you know, went in to sc- score. The Ravens got another chance. And in that game, the Ravens came back and won the game. They did, uh, in, yeah. in overtime. So that was a really bad one. This time, it didn't happen to work out that way. Two plays later, the Ravens' dreams were essentially shattered by the fumble. Uh, yeah. So that uh, that was that. We didn't really talk about Stanley in terms of how he cost him the game, but he he had a very bad game of pass blocking, extremely bad. Nine uh, pressures were given up by Stanley in this game. Uh, highest, that's a PFF highest. total. Uh, might have been. I saw it in a tweet. I, I'm not sure. Uh, I have to double check that. But it was it was nine for uh, from that tweet. It was like three for everybody else, and um, very painful. Uh, we knew Moses would be out and that was going to cause problems with uh, McCary or, and Falele. Then McCary gets hurt. That's doomsday scenario for uh, Falele who like doesn't really deserve to be on the field. Unfortunately, I hate talking so negatively, but it's just gotten that bad. And um, yeah, now, now we're in dire straits. I mean, yeah. if Stanley doesn't improve, that's a huge liability. I think Moses will be back. So that's, uh, you know, I'm optimistic there, but it could be he's not 100% himself. So this is this is definitely something to monitor and something that's scary. Right. It is very scary. And I, I have him for eight for what it's worth, but uh, and that's shares yeah. of eight, but uh doesn't matter. That's this. We're in the ballpark on that. Williams, mm-hmm. um, he was the fourth guy. 
And here's the issue with Williams. He did not look like himself, and he looks like he's playing with one arm. And you can tell it when he tries to tackle. He has these twisty one-arm tackles. You can also tell it on one swing pass left where he was actually had deep coming in responsibility on a play. Could have gotten the guy short of the first down. He just was not willing to go head-on, wrap up on this guy, and it probably because he couldn't. Uh, and instead yeah. he gave up a few extra yards, gave up the first down, and we saw several you know, plays where he just doesn't look like an athlete in the same way. Now, that's painful to me because the other player back there has been one of the Ravens' best defensive players this year, and that's Geno Stone. So if, if Williams is going to be back, fantastic. Let's have Williams back. Okay, I'm, I'm all for it. He's, he's the guy, and, and even over Stone, I'll take him. Uh, yep. You know, another possibility is Stone on the back end with Williams and Hamilton up at nickel slot. Yep. Yeah. And you go ahead. Oh, I mean, this is, this is very painful, Ken. I mean, Stone's been playing well. And then you see Williams come in there. Like you said, he's playing with one arm. He has a brace on it. And it's so clear to me that he's not himself and can't play. You know, I, I, I think he's just can't really play his position. I think he's the third best safety we have right now which is painful to say. And maybe as a depth piece, he makes sense because it gets pretty bleak after that. But I don't know about this starting him in, in his current state. And I don't know what the injury trajectory is for him to be, you know, when he might be better. But at this current stage, I know it's, you know, a pride thing that, you know, he's active. Of course, he's going to be the starter kind of thing. But I don't, I don't know if that's best for the team. And it's, it's very concerning to me when Stone's playing so well. I understand having him active given his state and the rest of the safeties, but I don't, I don't know if he should be getting 95% of the snaps. Right. Now see, he only missed three snaps in this game. So that was, it was a case where there was really a question about that. And, and obviously Geno Stone has played very well. The other guy who's played pretty well recently is uh, Arthur Mollette. And mm-hmm. he played the last two games. He was among the, in the contention for the MVP. I forget if I gave it to him or not in the pet in the previous game against Cleveland, but he was terrific. And then uh, he was he would have been in contention this week, except I don't give MVPs out when there's a loss. Right. And, but you, you saw what he did in, in this game again, uh, had a sack. And it was, by the way, that the Ravens weren't able to get the same sort of four-man pressure. They got some pressures, but they didn't get any quarterback hits. And, and obviously, if they didn't get any quarterback hits, they didn't get any sacks. Um, it's not obvious because it's not a one-for-one relationship, but it's just about obvious. So, right. <laughs> so they, they, they didn't get any sex. So everything they got was on a five or six man rush, uh, which was only three total sacks. We'll talk about that in a little bit, but um, Millette played well, really well disguised slot blitz from the blind side um, and, and got to uh, uh, got to the quarterback then and took him down. No problem. We've had a lot of problems finishing sacks, obviously. Yes. Our days, yeah. Washington and Clowney and others have had problems this year. Pierce. Um, but anyway, this one wrapped up really nice play. He had a couple of PDs, including they went after him, I believe two plays in a row, trying to get their the first touchdown of the game in the end yeah. zone. Yeah. yeah I mean, he was my uh, moral victory award player. You know, we do moral victories instead of MVPs, <laughs> but, uh, sometimes they're just like a little satirical, but that one was, that was right on because he, he played really well in this revenge game narrative for him. Um, I, I've been very impressed with him. This is a guy that kind of fell off the radar with his injury during camp. It wasn't clear what would happen. Yeah, you know, Darius was playing well, kept him around over Caillou Kelly, you could say, and wasn't available. Very interesting. I actually tweeted Zarebek and he didn't reply to me, but 
uh, I was just like, he's practicing, right? Like, why is he not playing? Like, I was very surprised by it. And now that he's available, it's like, why wasn't he playing? <laughs> you know, he, he's been playing quite well. And he gives us flexibility to move Hamilton around, which I appreciate. Um, because I, I feel comfortable with him out there. I think he's performing well. And he's also making this cornerback situation incredibly fuzzy with yeah. Humphrey coming back. Like, I don't know what to do with Humphrey. And that's ridiculous let's, to say. <laughs> well, let's, let's talk about that. Let's, let's, let's yeah. unpack this because it's a very, very complex situation. And I guess, first of all, we'll talk about what the Ravens did do in this game. Mm-hmm. And then we can talk about, you know, maybe what they ought to do if you, if you have a different feeling about that. But so they had Humphrey and Williams come back the same game. So right there, you know, you, you're, you're in a game against the Steelers where you played a fair amount of base defense. So they had 20, I think it was 23 snaps of base defense. Yes. Yeah. And 37 snaps of nickel. And that's all they played, by the way. They didn't, they didn't have any variations. So yep. would you like country or Western? <laughs> you know, we, we have both guys. So they, they didn't have any variations on the, on the thing. And when you have a, when you have a committed nickel defense, it often ends up that that's, that's kind of where you're going. So they want queen on the field every down. That's, that's the options you have in terms of defensive backs. So, Humphrey and Williams returned and it really, it sent all sorts of ripples in terms of playing time in the secondary. So let's go one position at a time. Start at the outside corners at left cornerback, which is on the right side of the offense. So left cornerback from the defense's perspective, they had Darby and Yasin splitting those snaps, maybe about 65, 35 for the first several games. Mm-hmm. And Yasin might've missed the first game, but Anyway, about 65-35 yeah, is a split. Exactly. Both of them playing extremely well. Mm-hmm. And both of them had really low yards per target numbers coming in to this game. Yep. Yep. But Rock Yassin grabs a bunch of pine um, with, with Humphrey coming back. Starby and Humphrey only playing at left corner in this game. Indeed. So I don't know what you do. I mean, I'm starting to feel like Given the problems we're having with with Williams, you have Stone and, and Hamilton back there, and then you you do the the classic Humphrey in the slot. You don't love it, you don't hate it, particularly with how everyone's doing on the outside. That's my initial thought. I think that's how you get the best eleven out there at this current moment. But it's it's a sticky situation. I, I would kind of disagree with that, but I'll save my thoughts on it for the end. So I, okay. I, I would, but but yeah, my, I, I, I'm big time. I I, I want to commit to Hamilton in the slot. And and I think you I, I, I understand it. I understand it. Yeah, I totally understand it. Yeah, yeah. Maybe, and this would be an interesting one. Maybe you put Humphrey on the back end, physical player, change him to safety for part of a year because everything's not right. And maybe in terms of his speed, he's got this foot problem. But maybe he can still his instincts are good enough to get to a certain place at a certain time. Not sure. It's an interesting idea. Yeah, it, it, I think all things have to be on the <clears> table because <throat> you have a lot of players that can be flexible for you and a lot of players playing well in their current position. So I think it's, everything's on the table right now. Okay. All right. So Rocky Asin sat out the game. Second time is Darby who got 26 snaps at left corner. All right. So he's out there uh, for part of the game. And that meant of course that Humphrey got the other 34 snaps at left corner, just a straight split on the thing. By the way, the 34 snaps is how I account for them in terms of ease out there. He would have a slightly higher total if you're looking at a, game bulk snap count that might be four or five higher, but the, the um, I actually had an over under of 34 that I put out there on Twitter for folks to say, do you want the over or do you want the under? So feeling pretty good about myself there. But, <laughs> yeah, it's, it's silliness. I know um, <laughs> Stevens at right cornerback. And this was one of the really big surprises to me played all 60 snaps. 
Mm-hmm. Not that surprising to me, I guess. I He's been playing really well there, and they seem pretty committed to having him out there. And yeah, I I guess like if you if you want to look into a crystal ball and they say Humphrey's 100%, they want him on the outside, he's looking like his old self, maybe then you have the Stevens rotation. Maybe Stevens goes back into the into the nickel, which we don't love. Maybe he goes on the back end of the safety, which is still what he's listed as, as a free safety. I don't think that's his best position. I do think he's best at outside corner. I want to leave him there. I think he's playing great. And this is, I mean, that's kind of what we're getting at. Like we have three, we have two guys that are playing great at outside corner. We have a, we have a third guy in, in Yassin that has played well in his opportunity. And then you have your guy that's getting a huge chunk of your salary cap that you know is good, but he's coming back from injury and you don't know what to do with them. I mean, they're, they have a real embarrassment of riches right now, which is such a, a turn. We were saying, you know, offensive line looked all right on paper and now it's been really disappointing this season and then corners had us scared and now it's the complete opposite yep completely agree it's it's uh it's it's very weird and it is really unusual for the cornerback position in particular to like heal itself during a year mm-hmm. the, 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 the typical year for the ravens and there have been there's been at least one other year where this was true i think 2012 they kind of made a comeback from having Ladarius webb get hurt and they had a lot of guys step up like Kerry Williams and some others to play some good ball and, and get them through the Super Bowl. But uh, it is very rare. There's much more common. You have 2005, 2007, 2015, 2021 occur where you're, you're one or two injuries snowball into five. And all of a sudden you, you barely can get enough guys off the street to play corner for you at, at a ridiculous cost to your salary cap as well as you're as you're moving down the line. Uh, anyway, back to the Ravens' current situation. So Mallette had gotten a fair amount of, time, of, of playing time this last week, and he, got, he came back with 21 snaps at nickel in this game, which meant since the Ravens played 37 nickel snaps, that from 16 of them they actually had Hamilton in the slot too, which is I, I kind of think it's really what they wanted. But Stone's playing time, which was actually 19 snaps, uh, that makes sense. 19 snaps because Williams missed three snaps, and then he had 16 where he played with Williams on the back end. Um, that's basically how that slot and back end time is being divided. And you're and you're so you're seeing Mollette made a lot of plays in in 21 snaps. He, he was a he was you know maybe one of the Ravens' best defenders. So it's hard to say he shouldn't be on the field. Um, Hamilton also one of the Ravens' best defenders in this game, no doubt about it, in yeah. terms of what he did as a tackler. Yeah, no, uh, and and you know he played every snap, so there's not there's not a question of that. And then Williams played 57 snaps, as we talked about, and, and looked like he's playing with one arm. And then you have uh, Stone, who was reduced to 19 snaps, and he's been fantastic so far this year. Which is which is really, it's difficult to watch that happen. And I think the Ravens are going to have to probably work through exactly how they deal with Williams the rest of the way here. Yeah, I mean, we'll we'll probably never get the clarification necessary to make a good guess of what his injury trajectory looks like without surgery and how he'll how he'll recover if he needs more time to get somewhere or if he keeps playing, it's never going to get there, you know, et cetera. I don't I don't know, but I I guess like kind of going to the Hamilton thing. If we're going with the mantra of like how is Hamilton a superstar? I, I do love him at the slot. 
just because he kind of looks like a linebacker, but he isn't a linebacker, but he has speed and rangeness and great tackling. Like, I mean, he, him, Queen, and Roquan in the box is just the scariest <laughs> combination, I think, in the NFL. And he plays so well there. And I understand, yeah, like why you would want to keep him there. It just makes it really tricky when you look at the rest of the roster of where we're going to put everyone else. I mean, I don't know if Darby Yassin could possibly play safety. Like, you know, like that you mentioned Humphrey. So maybe start thinking about those guys too. I don't know. I mean, I really have no clue. These are, these also feel like high risk moves. I mean, the defense was playing so well. It's kind of crazy to be tinkering with it in a way, but you got to You got to get your stars in, right? That- when you need mealtime inspiration, it's worth shopping Kroger, where you'll find over 30,000 mouth-watering choices that excite your inner foodie. And no matter what tasty choice you make, you'll enjoy our everyday low prices, plus extra ways to save, like digital coupons worth over $600 each week. You can also save up to $1 off per gallon at the pump with fuel points. More savings and more inspiring flavors make shopping Kroger worth it every time. Kroger, fresh for everyone. Fuel restrictions apply. That's the question is, is right. whether, I mean, I, so, so Williams came back from injury. There's a couple things, just maybe some other coaching dynamics going on here that I really have to kind of accept. This is the way of it. I think basically Harbaugh told everybody, we need all hands on deck for this game. Mm-hmm. Whatever you need to do to come back from your injury, however you need to rehab, whatever you need to do in terms of pain management, this is the week to get it done. Cause this is the Steelers week. This could be for the division. In fact, it is for the division lead right now. And the Steelers mm-hmm. now have it because they're head-to-head lead, their head-to-head win against the Ravens. Yeah. So they told everybody to come back. Now, after you do that, can you sit Williams or even play him 25 snaps or something in a game like this where he's clearly not the player Stone is? Uh, I, I will tell you personally, it's a pain in the ass to have safeties rotating in and out of a game that you're trying to get from a, from the broadcast initially. Yeah. But <laughs> that's that's a, a pure tail-wagging dog situation. So we, we, if we're talking about really what makes the, the defense better, no doubt about it. I think it would have been Stone playing over Williams in this game. Yeah, I agree. It, it it's a it's a tricky situation. I'm I'm very curious to see how they attack it going into Tennessee. Well, I guess into London, but uh, against Tennessee. And I I was talking about it with Peter on the show. I think he mentioned it. The Lions game is where having Williams back makes a lot of sense. They have a good passing offense. We could see needing him, quote unquote, more. Hopefully he's healthier by then, and this becomes a little bit clearer. But right now, it's it's mud. It's it's so it's certainly kind of difficult. It, it demands a creative solution. I think that's uh, that's where we are right now because of the the current situation. But anyway, Stanley, it's not like there was a better player to replace Ronnie Stanley. Ronnie Stanley is the best nope. we had, even when he played very poorly in this game. Um, you know, it, it wasn't a case of they could have replaced Falele or somebody like that who ended up you know, being the guy who was forced into action after McCary was hurt. No problem there. Um, Beckham, you could play him a few less snaps, but I'm not really complaining about what he got in, in this game, nor even the targets he got of them. I think it was a, it's probably a bad decision by Lamar and also a very bad play by Beckham not to defend that interception. Mm-hmm. And and then the other, um, uh, the other player is Humphrey. And so the question with him is is really about what role is he ready to take right now? And if that's not outside corner, if you can't really play outside corner at a high level, then then we're stuck. Now, what I will say about Humphrey is I think his playing style actually works very well for the Ravens when they're in their very normal cover two defense. So I think if you have Williams and Stone on the back end, you're probably fine. 
If you have Hamilton and Stone on the back end, you're definitely fine in terms of having a defense that tremendously protects your corners at those front three positions. Because you, you, you know, you can play, you, you know, I don't want to make it sound like they're always playing quarters with those four, two, meaning they're always, they're always dropping into a yeah. two by one where they can, they can, uh, they can do that, but they can play matchup zone on each side. They can do whatever you're showing the quarterback a cover two look, which dissuades him from throwing the ball deep forces the ball basically down low where the weaknesses of your outside corners and your slot guy are minimized. You also increase the impact of your inside linebackers on the game and in terms of pass coverage. And those guys so far have not been the two to let us down. So uh, you look at why the Ravens were allowing 3.7 yards per pass play coming into this game. It's it's schematic is what did it. And then you look at what happened this game. They dominated the game the whole game until the final 41 yard play. And what did they do on the 41 yard play? They brought their, their free safety up to the line of scrimmage to rush the quarterback and, and went with cover zero. And it's, it's the first time they really said, Hey, we want you to throw deep Pickett did. And what do you know? Yeah, I, I hear you. I've been, I've been saying it all along. Like the way that this they're playing right now is just funneling targets towards these inside linebackers who are playing out of their mind. And it's, it's dominant. Cause this is, this is a zig, uh, a zig when everyone zags moment in the NFL right now for the Ravens. Because when you play cover two, it's like, all right, well, your inside linebackers better be able to keep up. Well, ours have, and most of the league they do not. So this is a kind of a shock to the, uh, you know, opponents that are playing us. They're like, crap, we can't do that, and it really makes it hard to play against us. So <laughs> I, I think like this is a great thing for the Ravens that they have going, and you know, I think we, we've gotten talked the negatively because they have this interesting problem with the injuries and the players coming back. This group did great, play quite well. I mean, this was winning football oh, yeah. for sure. And like I can't be like lost in the conversation. They still played very dominant uh, ball, except for basically one drive. Yeah, it, it, honestly, you know, if you look at this entire game, they 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 were worked to death in that second half. That the offense yeah. only had twenty four second half plays for seventy seven yards Gross. net of penalties. So and I think all of that was like those two desperation drives, like <laughs> like these yeah, amount yeah. of those plays yeah. were like those drives, which is like. The three and outs that we're not talking about the offense. It was garbage. It was unbelievably bad. <laughs> it's really, it was really bad. They, the offense lost the game. The defense did everything they needed to do to win it for them. Um, the, the main thing we were talking about is just the, the players that return kind of losing it for them. And obviously Williams and, and Humphrey are part of this and the complications they bring to refitting your secondary in a game like this made that an unfortunate thing as well that showed up in a big way on the final play on the on the play that lost the game so uh anyway it was what it was uh they lost the snap battle 67 to 65 a snap battle uh, sorry they won the snap battle i believe yeah 67 to 65 despite having a 43 to 26 lead at the half pretty bad pretty bad very very bad yeah the uh, the offense what they like the amount of pressure they put on the defense, that's what we were talking about in the fourth quarter there. We're like, yeah, the defense hasn't let you down, but like you can't keep going to that well. Eventually, like an offense will prevail. Um, even if they're not that great, like give enough opportunities, get your de- defense out there too long. It's a game of explosives, like explosive play rates higher in the NFL right now because that's like the only way people score. And we saw it here. Okay, let's go back for a second to how you're going to set up the nickel and base defense because those are the two that really matter in terms of how you're going to set up the secondary for that. 
So tell me who you want. Let's start with the base defense. Who do you want at outside corner? How do you want those snaps split? If if split at all. Like, I mean, I think right now, um, I guess it, it's dependent on Humphrey health. If Humphrey's healthy, I want him at a hundred percent. And then and Steve's at a hundred percent. I think you I think you run him at a hundred unless uh injury. I, I think that's probably your best combination right now. Um, but I could, I'd be convinced of Darby. I just don't know if he has a side he prefers or like a shoulder he prefers and stuff like that. Darby has been playing left corner the whole year and playing it well. So I'm going to say he's okay with that. And he did miss a couple tackles in this game. He got hurdled once and he missed another tackle on the sideline, which wasn't good, but generally speaking, you know, he's been up to the task and very low yards per target. He was under, he's under five yards per target coming into this game, which is it's outstanding for a corner. Mm-hmm. Um, anyway, I'm I'm still okay with more rotation at those positions, and I'm fine with four for two rotation at those positions. Mm-hmm. I'm not saying you have to move Humphrey yet, but if you don't move Humphrey, you better be really sure about your back end of cover two, because right now mm-hmm. I think that's gonna that he could be he could be the weakness if you're not going to stick with cover two and stick with a good back end, which means two of three of Stone, Williams, and Hamilton need to be back there and basically playing cover two on any snap. Humphrey's on the field. Let me put it, let me almost put it that way. Mm-hmm. And you, do you anticipate this is not going to get better over the course of the season? You think his speed is just going to be degraded from this? I, I don't have any way to know. Yeah. You know, this, this is a, um, I, I don't know. I don't even know the nature of the, the injury. I don't even know if the Ravens have announced it other than it's a no, foot injury. So it was some sort of <laughs> surgery. So it could be a tendonitis, you know, effectively what is a turf toe that he actually had to have sur- surgery on, or, or it could be something else, which is a minor, you know, minor foot surgery. Like, I don't even know what that is, but whatever, <laughs> yeah. whatever, whatever the case, yeah. I mean, any surgery on the foot is pretty major for a corner. Humphrey, Humphrey's physicality and downhill play could still be very valuable to this team, I think, but Humphrey, the cover corner, as far as like down the sideline, I'm worried. I'm worried after just that one play. Yeah, no, I, I, I get it. Uh, all right. So anyway, I'm, 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 I'm for, I think I'm for splitting sides and I'd be, I'd be, I, I don't see reason why Stevens has to play all the snaps at this point. I'm okay with a, like a 60 to 40 division on both sides. Something that keeps Yasin maybe working a little bit in there. Um, and I wouldn't even hate Humphrey in the slot, although I think it does. Um, I don't think he gives you what Hamilton gives you in the slot. And that's why yeah. I have the, you know, kind of the off the top of my head thought that Humphrey maybe moves to safety to take advantage of the combination of instincts, physical play, and hopefully the ability to get to the, get to a spot on the outside and have some understanding of how that's working. Yeah. I mean, that'd be extremely interesting (laughs) say the least. So we'll see. All right. So anyway, maybe it's not time to give up on Humphrey after, after that one play, maybe we see need to see a few more, but, uh, but anyway, I'm, I'm sure we will. And, um, uh, I hope I, I just, I hope the, the Ravens can't let their cover two get away from them. It's been too successful for the entire year. They have more opportunities to play it well. This coming game, they're, they're you know they're playing the Titans in London. Both teams are going to be probably not feeling completely at home, despite the fact the Ravens have tried to do everything to reduce jet lag by leaving today. This is Monday they left, right? Um, and I don't know when the Titans get there. But the, you know, Henry will be running the football. That's, I would think that's something you could do a little bit easier. 
other than really heavy-duty timing components of the passing game when you just jump off a plane. Yeah. Um, and it would probably benefit the Ravens, wouldn't you say, to have a, a Hamilton in the slot who's going to help against the run game some? Yeah, no, I, I think against this opponent, you know, with, with Henry coming up, uh, that's that's a, a valuable thing to do. I agree with that. Uh, I will say, according to our, our Titans fan, Tim, he's our, our Titans correspondent whenever we play them, he uh, he said that they traveled early last time they went to London and uh, lost in dramatic fashion. So they're they're flipping it. They're doing the opposite of the Ravens when they got beat. So they're going late. <laughs> so that's their strategy. <laughs> they, they lost. They lost early over there. Meaning they lost. Um, they lost by a wide margin, or you say they lost in dramatic fashion. Meaning they lost a close game. I forget the the context. I think they lost. I think they lost uh, in early. I think they they lost pretty. Pretty uh, yeah, be bad. Yeah, be bad. So, um, yeah. So th- these two teams are flipping their strategy because of their last experience. Apparently, there's like no real data on what's a better option. It's just feel. It's very limited. It would be. Yeah. I, I would be skeptical of any conclusion on the amount of <laughs> data that's out there right now. Yeah. All right. Now you're an IT guy. Data or data? Either. I think it's fine. <laughs> All right. Just want to make sure. All right. I know we've looked it up before, and there's actually a third pronunciation that's okay is data. I don't believe that. <laughs> no, I don't like it either. I don't buy it. I don't like it. Um, all right. Uh, let's see. What do we want to talk about a little bit? Um, let's talk packages for a second, because the Ravens only had these two packages, as I mentioned. 37 snaps of nickel, 23 snaps of base defense. When they're in nickel, the Ravens allowed 5.5 yards per play. That might have been their worst game of the year in nickel. They played almost 85, 84.5% nickel for the season now. Okay. They've only played 49 snaps of base, which is about 14% and change and three snaps of dime. Those are the only times they've been out of nickel the entire year. So basically they've, they've played nickel and they allowed five and a half yards per play this game and 4.1 yards per play in base. One of the things about the Pittsburgh Steelers is they don't really react too much with what defensive package you send out. They they don't want to really change their play. So they put in their package and their players expecting to run this play, and then they don't change the play to react to the fact that you send out a heavy package. Uh, so if you if, if, they're, if they send out 21 or 22 or, or 12 even, and they're kind of telegraphing their run to a certain degree. They they don't try and uh, and not run the ball because of that. And they're one of the non-reactive teams, we'll call them. And you could blame that on the Ravens in past years with Roman, but Roman knew that they were going to run the ball. Every other Bills knew they were running the ball, and they at least had deception that was baked into the offense to take care of that. Steelers, not really a reactive team at all in that way. They, they, they want to do what yeah. they're good at. It's kind of like playing um, – Texas Hold'em and only playing your own cards, not trying to figure out what the other guy has. Yeah, exactly. I, I mean, the Canada discussion doesn't need to be had here, but the fans were very upset with him uh, very early on. The offense is pretty basic, and uh, you know them not reacting to personal packages could definitely be part of it. I do think it's interesting that. Uh, the 23 snaps of base, you said, what, 49 total in the year? So almost half of all the base snaps were on display in this game. And I think that, yeah, that's right. I think that number will continue to skew towards base. 
uh, next week as well. So it may be a more of a who you're playing. Definitely is. <laughs> yeah, I mean, sure, but I guess like maybe we um, maybe we're not as committed to the nickel team. I mean, we're committed to nickel, but we're not maybe using as nickel as much um, as the season progresses. Maybe that was just an anomaly the first four weeks based on who you're playing. So there's a, there's two things that force you into the base defense that, that make you want to play more base defense. One is game situation sometimes dictates it. Even when the other team wants to put, say, 11 personnel on the field or more often 12 personnel on the field, you lean on your base defense because you know they're going to run the ball to maintain a lead. And so you, you, you do it in that situation. Possibility number two is the team plays a lot of 12 and your reaction to it is base. And here's the great thing about the Ravens is when they have Hamilton at nickel, he's the ultimate versatile nickel because he's big enough to to play right opposite that tight end in 12 personnel and still make a contribution to the run game. Whereas, you know, if you put out Pepe Williams or somebody like that, you're you're severely handicapping your run defense by doing so. Mm -hmm. So in, in the case of the Titans, I think they could still play a fair amount of nickel versus 12 against them and, and do reasonably well. I mean, it's obviously you got to play a fair amount of base versus the Titans, but yeah, it's, it's yeah. They don't have very scary uh, wide receivers and uh chick has kind of had a, um, a lower than expected year as well. So uh, we'll definitely see what they, what they trend tend towards, but it wouldn't surprise me if we are in uh in base more. All right. I want to make sure I have the, the sheet out for me here in terms of what the Ravens did in terms of ATS BOQ and pressure. So, mm-hmm. This is one, one of the things here is that the, the Ravens again had, why don't we start with numbers first? Cause that's the easiest thing to do. And the Ravens had a game where they still tried to stay with their four man rush, but it didn't really work. So they had 35 total results of that result in a passer sack plays and a couple of scrambles in addition, but they're not included in this. So the, the rushed four on 29 of those 35 sets so all but six. So it's over 80%, obviously 80 over 83% probably and gave up 6.0 yards per play. Didn't have a sack. Didn't have a turnover. They did get some pressure, but 6.0 yards per play is not, it's certainly not terrible by NFL standards that you wouldn't want your quarterback to throw for six yards per play. Uh, but it also is not as good as what the Ravens have done for the year so far. And I don't think the Ravens would have been delighted about a number like that with Kenny Pickett in there. So they're probably thinking we really want to get some four man pressure. We want to have a couple sacks in that. And they're, you know, we're going to give them some exotic four man pressures that are going to create sack opportunities by dropping outside linebackers for the line of scrimmage. Anyway, no sacks, no turnovers um, in that situation. Obviously the defense not getting a turnover in this game, pretty significant in terms of the loss as well. Yeah. We had the special teams turnover uh, that we <laughs> did absolutely nothing with, but uh you're right. It was uh it was surprising too. I felt like the, there was a couple of good plays on the ball where interceptions could have happened. Um, I think fumbles are, are hard to predict. Uh, so, but yeah, that was uh that was definitely challenging. Something that they didn't get to capitalize on with with Pickett just not being that great of a quarterback. Right. All right. Five man pass rush. Four plays for minus four yards. Two sacks included in that group. So. This is where I'm getting into is they really did have to rush five or six to get pressure um, generated. With six, two plays, they went for a total of 33 yards. One of them was the 41-yard play to Pickett, which they picked up to pick ends, which the Steelers picked up and was an ample time and space throw. It's really bad, by the way, when you give up an ample time and space throw, give up what would have been a three-second pocket, despite the fact that the opponent 
you know, despite the fact you rushed six. And then the other play was a sack. So mm-hmm. a sack for minus eight. So they had two plays for 33 in total. I always like to say defense loves variation, but that's not the right kind of variation. <laughs> so. No. Uh, and that, that sack, when they rushed six, that was when they uh, rushed PQ and Roquan, right? And then uh, PQ and, and um, Matt BK split. I believe so. Let me get to it uh, right on this. Yep, S6 slash 92 with a pressure initially by Clowney on that play. Mm-hmm. So they had, they had this nice multiple contribution sacks like the Ravens all seem to be now. Yeah, and then yeah, you had them all that uh, clean. That was clean. Um, yeah, the clean one, and then and then the urban uh, hustle play. So, yeah, that was a uh, that 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 is definitely a disappointing thing. I think one thing we'll talk about in the next episode with the positional players, but the outside linebackers uh, were pretty quiet in this game. Uh, just not not that many plays were funneled towards them. It felt like. Yeah, you're, I, I think you're right. I, I I had Clowney for three pressures in this game. Uh, one of which, which ended up in the in the S minus eight, uh, one incomplete and one pass for four. So it's not like he had no impact on the game, but it certainly wasn't what we'd hoped for in the from from his past outings. Um, and and it was it's a little bit disappointing, you know. What I like to see in that in that column of four man rushes on my spreadsheet here is a, is a fair number of I want to see some sacks, I want to see some turnovers, and I want to see some pressures. And that's but between the three of those, they did not really do enough in terms of getting Kenny Pickett on the ground in particular with a four-man pass rush. Yeah. All right. I did want to see, was there any play in this game? I don't believe they had a single quarterback hit that was not a sack. Uh, But I'm going to confirm that for a second. Yeah, I don't think so either. They had four quarterback hits, but there were two on the same play with Matabike and Queen picking it up and each getting a half sack. So they they did not otherwise get him on the ground. And meanwhile, Lamar took a pounding in this mm. game in terms of being put on the ground. Uh, so anyway, not not what we'd hope for. Okay, so we talked through the numbers. Now, the, the, the next thing in terms of the sacks is to look at how do they do with ample time and space, ball out quick and pressure. So he had ample time and space on 11 plays. Uh, those went for 126 yards. They included three of their longest plays for the day, the, a 41, a 23, and a 21. They also had another 23 and a 21, which were on ball out quick but 11 and a half yards per play with ample time and space. That's really good. So it's a, it's a meaning really good for them. Not really good for the Ravens defense. Yeah. I'm just saying, okay. <laughs> uh, so they went, completed eight of 11 passes there. Then a ball out quick was, it seemed like a lot more than this as I'm watching the game. It seemed like there were more ball out quick situations where Pickett got rid of it, but honestly there's only eight in the end of the 35. And those went for 6.6 yards per play. Four of them were incomplete. Um, so not, I, I don't have a particular feeling one way or the other about that being particularly high or low, but it's not low. It's, it's just, it's pretty good. I would say it definitely truncates the set, the opportunity set to being shorter passes. And then they got 16 pressures. Okay. Now 16 pressures out of 35 for starters, I should have this number already presented here, but I don't for some reason. So 46% pressure, nothing wrong with that pressure rate, particularly if we're rushing four most of the time. Um, so that part was fine and pick it through for only 1.4 yards per play on those. So 23 yards net on 16 plays. They didn't have any, any real long plays in that group, one for 13 yards, one for 10. And then all three sacks were in that group as well. So, um, 
I don't think the problem was when the Ravens got pressure. I think it's that they didn't get quite enough four-man pressure and allowed a few too many ample time and space opportunities in the, in among those. I agree with that. I think one thing that is worth noting about Pickett is that even if I don't think he's you know a great quarterback, I don't necessarily think he's going to be a franchise quarterback per se, um, like you know, a great player. He has been able to rise to the occasion in the few times that the Ravens have played him so far when it's a clutch drive is needed or big plays are needed um, in, in big situations. So that's a it's been an Achilles heel, something I've noticed. And I think even in other games, too, um, you know, against other opponents, Pickett has had an ability to step up when when it's really needed and called upon. So. As much as like I, I don't think he's a, a threatening quarterback down to down, he does seem to have a little bit of that trait. We definitely were thinking that the Ravens probably did well to get Pickett instead of Trubisky. Of course, if Pickett was sitting and not on the sidelines, then Trubisky would not have had a, a reasonable backup, which was something to maybe look at. But um, how do you feel about it now? Do you think we got the better of the two, or do you think we drew the short straw by getting Pickett? I mean, I, I think Pickett's a better player. Um, <laughs> I'm not, not a big Trubisky guy. Yeah. Okay. All right. I, now the other thing we look at is in terms of scheme, there were four blitzes for, and that's very small for 35, uh, opportunities, actually 11%. Um, they got a pressure on three of them. And then the fourth was guess what? A 41 yard touchdown to Pickens. So <laughs> that didn't work out so great. Even though one of those was a sack, mm-hmm. um, the two blitzes by Hamilton, two blitzes by queen were the off-ball blitzes in this game. They stunted eight times, and that included four pressure events, but it also they also had a stunt on the 41-yard touchdown to Pickens. So <laughs> uh, that's one I have a little bit of a problem with. I think if you're going to rush the quarterback with eight, go ahead and rush the quarterback with eight. Don't stunt. Um, you, you got somebody coming off an edge. Your main goal on the play should be to occupy the man opposite you so that everybody uh, has their chance to further to the outside of you, but whatever it, it's uh, it obviously didn't work, didn't get home and they, uh, and they gave up the big play. So uh, anyway, for the pass rush, that's what I got for today. Um, they did, they did run a handful of simulated pressures. They had zero of those last week. I think it was five this week. And um, did they get a sack on a simulated pressure here? Got to be real quick. And they did get a, a Millette's sack was on a simulated pressure where they dropped Matabike and Pierce into coverage. Kind of like that about McDonald. He's fearless in letting his interior defenders drop into coverage. Yeah, that was uh, that's interesting. I'm surprised by that. Um, I, I know he's done it. I guess I didn't realize that it was on that play that uh, he had done it there. So. Well, the other time it kind of backfired, Clowney got dropped into coverage on a 10-yard pass, and then Clowney ended up with a coverage responsibility on the play. So you know, it's, it, it, if the quarterback reads hot effectively, he's going to beat your guy, <laughs> and uh, and he may create a problem for yourself. But uh, I, I keep coming back to that one game a couple of years ago where they lost with all the cover zero blitzes at Miami, and mm-hmm. Adam Butler dropped to cover 18 times, nose tackle. I'll have to cover 18 times in that game. So, <laughs> yep. All right. We're, we're going to be back for the second half of the show and talk a little bit about the, the individual players. But, Alec, why don't you tell people where they can talk football with you online? Sure. You can find us at One Winning Pod on Twitter and onewinningpod.com. And we do a weekly recap and um, 
and preview show for each each game. And then, uh, you know, in the offseason, of course, we do coverage of whatever's going on, be it free agency or the draft. So uh, definitely make sure to give us a listen. All right. Great thoughts here. And, and Alec, I always really appreciate you coming on, being prepared like this. And, uh, uh, you know, we, obviously ideal situation where you've just done your show here and are ready to go. And uh, <laughs> uh, it's, it's great stuff. And I, I also appreciate right now having a Baltimore sports fan on the on the other side of the microphone here, because I really wouldn't want to be doing this for someone who's a Ravens fan and say a Yankees fan. And it's, oh, <laughs> that's a shame. Oh, that's a shame. You know, I think. Yeah, I, I really would not want that right now. <laughs> but, yeah. Uh, anyway, appreciate you, buddy. Uh, other folks out there, if you'd like to do a film study short, hit me up. I had someone just just uh, check in today, see if they could, could do a a different type of podcast on whether or not uh, there's something to talk about with McDonald's defense and how he runs it and some things he has in mind. So we'll, we'll get to that hopefully very soon and I'll get back to you very quickly. DMs are always open on Twitter. Alec, thanks again for joining me. Of course, Ken. And we'll talk to you next time on film. Stuff.